0: Najee Harris has an elbow injury. Najee Harris is going to have that elbow wrapped tighter than an Egyptian mummy come Sunday night. Najee Harris will be very good in Kansas City. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates, where you found this. And yeah, I know, pretty gutsy stance, huh? But you know what? As you're looking over the landscape of this matchup, such as it is between the Steelers and Chiefs, the one principle that's got to rise above all the rest, I think, for the Steelers, is that their best players have to be their best players. And yeah, I know that's not exactly a revolutionary stance either. But if you go back to these last couple of games, the victories over the Browns and the Ravens that put the Steelers into the playoffs, you can check every box in that category. Every player who was supposed to be your best player or one of your better players rose up, even even a guy like Chase Claypool that we hadn't seen that from in a while. That's what has to happen. I can promise you that over the coming few days, you're going to hear and read and see a lot of commentary and analysis about this playoff game that's going to focus on Patrick Mahomes. Everything's going to be, how do you stop Mahomes? How do you stop Travis Kelsey? How do you stop Kareem Hunt? Uh, I didn't even have to face Kelsey last time. Everything is going to be about Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. And that's fine. He is what he is. I'm taking nothing at all away from him. I was out there at Arrowhead Stadium a couple weeks ago watching him do his thing. I know what he can do. I know what he likely will do. The Steelers' defense has some of those names among those checked boxes, but it's also got shortcomings galore, fatal flaws, really, in particular with those inside linebackers and parts of that defensive line where they can't stop the run. They can't keep quarterbacks in the pocket the way they were able to in previous years, and it's going to hurt, and the Chiefs are going to put up a bunch of points. And yes, it's going to be unlikely that the Steelers outscore them. But that's the path here. That's the path. It's not one I'm predicting, but it's one that I'm laying out as the most likely way that this could work if it does work. And that is going to start with the running game. We're in backwards land in the NFL this year. The whole pass to set up the run, or this is the era of passing, 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 there's a lot of teams in the league, successful teams now, that have brought back running, that have made running not their principal emphasis, but more of an emphasis than it had been for anyone in recent years leading up to this. This team can't do Anything without Najee. Just look at that Baltimore game as an example. When he goes out after that first set of downs and Benny Snell comes in to replace him, Benny had a couple of decent plays. not a guy. He is what he is. But there was no running game. Everything was a zero. And because you have this offensive coordinator who has zero imagination, he just scripts up every first down to be a running play right behind an offensive lineman who shouldn't be in the National Football League. It wasn't until Najee came back in that fourth quarter that the Steelers were able to move the ball at all. And that's what led to that touchdown by Chase Claypool. Yeah, again, you know, give Ben his due. Give Chase his due. Uh, you could even throw in a little for Canada for calling those uh, those running plays involving Claypool to keep people off Najee. There was some actual inventiveness going on, but ultimately it came down to Najee on first down getting five or six yards and not making those yardsticks look so far apart. Look, you get a running game going, you can open up a lot of different things for your offense, and by the way, you keep the world-beater quarterback from the other team, standing there with his jacket on on the other sideline. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, I'm not suggesting that the defense can get away with doing nothing. They're going to need to come up with two, maybe three takeaways. Like they did against the Browns and the Ravens. It's going to be a lot harder. Mahomes isn't Baker Mayfield or Tyler Huntley. But again, we're talking about what has to happen. Not making predictions. And if you get those turnovers and you flip the field a couple of times and then Najee runs and then that clock runs, you then have one additional variable that very much works in your favor, and that is that this extraordinary young man just got done with a regular season in which he touched the football 381 times without fumbling once and no I'm not saying that is some kind of worry about the jinx or whatever. The regular season's over, okay? I'm talking about the regular season. 381 touches, zero fumbles. Now, this was known about Najee coming out of Alabama incredibly short-handed, but when you couple that trait with the kind of a catch that he made, on that winning drive Sunday in Baltimore, you know what I'm talking about, with the one hand up in the air and just kind of pulling it down, probably saved Ben from a pick because there was a Baltimore player right behind Najee that are waiting for that thing to come down. Najee's touches were the second most by any player in a single season in NFL history without a fumble. Here's what... Mike Tomlin had to say at his press conference yesterday about the importance of not turning the ball over against this particular opponent. Uh, Starting first and foremost with taking care of the ball. Um, You can't turn the ball over in this environment um, and expect to be competitive. Uh, We put him on short fields, I think, three times. It produced 17 points, and it's just, you know, it can't happen, particularly if you're not getting turnovers, and we didn't. And just as important, here's what Tomlin had to say about Najee's health status heading into the game. That's a joy, to be quite honest with you. I'd rather say woe than sick him. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's a good issue and problem to have when you have a guy that's wired the way that he's wired. Awesome. So it's it's all okay, right? Oh, wait, there's one other thing. The offensive line stinks. But, at the very least, the one-plus that plays into even that scenario is that Tomlin made really clear that even though Kendrick Green is going to be healthy, J.C. Hasnauer is staying at center. Tomlin brought that up on his own. Not that Green's healthy and whatever, but he mentioned Green's health status and then threw in on his own. But I should note that J.C., has impressed us. That was his way of saying nothing's changing there. Dan Moore should be available. He can play left tackle instead of Joe Haig. If nothing else, maybe they'll cut down on some of the false starts. And, you know, maybe they'll even block somebody. Maybe they'll simplify the schemes and just say, listen, see that guy in front of you? Just go plow him. You know, don't worry about where this gap that gap who's coming whatever find one person just one with a red shirt on and block them and let 22 do the rest when we come back just one question Today's J1Q is unlike any other we've ever gotten. And as a result, I didn't even reach out to this individual to ask for a real first name or anything like that, like I always do. And I didn't even insist on it being a question. It's not. It comes from an individual identifying themselves as Grumpy Old Marine. And what Grumpy Old Marine says is, First rule of heavy favorites The arse shall pucker. Here is my honest opinion. The fans of Kansas City will be having the same type of coronary issues that we all just had on Sunday. I predict that the Steelers keep it too close for comfort. And if the Steelers are within striking distance late in the fourth quarter, I like their odds. Grumpy old Marine, I am very rarely held speechless, but you got me here. You got me. The arse shall pucker. It's, It's something worth considering. You know, who could possibly be entering this coming NFL playoff weekend with less of a burden, with more of a sense of looseness, and wow, it's awesome that we're even here than these Steelers. Their demeanor should be a hundred and eighty degrees different from that of the Chiefs, who now have super high and rightly so, expectations after winning the Super Bowl and then getting to the Super Bowl, and then again finishing their regular season the way they did this year. They they're they're gonna be a wreck if the Steelers force them into a game. And at least that much isn't unthinkable, right? Right? I appreciate the input, grumpy old Marine. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. Oh, and if you do send a J1Q, do put your first name on it. You didn't serve like grumpy old Marine.